Welcome to the second Sunday of Advent. What an amazing season it is as we journey together toward Christmas. As we began our Advent celebration last Sunday, we talked a bit about the word Advent, which comes from a Latin word, means coming. And so we use these weeks leading up to Christmas as a chance to celebrate the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, the light of the world. Advent is a journey to Christmas together. It's a journey of the heart and soul, but it's also a journey that will realign our expectations and experience of the Christmas season. And it's a journey that will explore the gifts of Christmas delivered by and through Jesus Christ. Hope, love, joy, and peace. We all need hope in the storms of life, love that never gives up, fresh joy on our journey, and peace no matter what we're facing or dealing with. The star, a journey to Christmas. Last Sunday we began with the journey of hope. This morning, inspired by, finally, the lighting of the second Advent candle, our focus is a journey of love. Karen, I'm going to have you turn me down just a little bit, getting a little feedback. As we continue our journey to Christmas together, let me just ask you a couple questions here real quick. How many of you are finished with all of your Christmas shopping? Let me see your hands. Anybody? Ah, boom. (laughs) Okay. How many of you haven't even started your Christmas shopping yet. And how many of you just plan to skip the whole shopping thing and go straight to Christmas dinner? Ah, I kind of like that one. (laughs) Well, wherever you stand on Christmas shopping and giving, Americans spend a lot of money at Christmas. Retail sales from November 2017 through January 2018 are projected to top one trillion dollars this year. But while that number is a bit mind-blowing, here's another fun number for you. Sixty billion dollars. That's how much we Americans spent on our pets this past year. Sixty billion dollars. Which leaves me with one question. Why? I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my dogs just as much as you love your pets. But $60 billion for pets that really cause us a lot of trouble? I mean, we walk them, we clean up after them, we vacuum up their hair, we take allergy pills just so we can have them, we apologize to the neighbors on their behalf. I mean, really, our pets should be paying us. But we spend our hard-earned money and time caring for them. And it's not because of anything that they have done for us, but simply because we love them. Now, I admit that that's not an exact comparison, but this example does start us down the path of recognizing some things about love. How do you perceive God's love for you? You ever feel like you need to earn it? You ever wonder if God's love is even really meant for you? 
Let's dive deep into the love of God as we explore the love that caused Him to enter our world through His Son Jesus that very first Christmas. And that love is best summarized, I think, in the beloved verse, John 3, verse 16. Let's read this out loud together. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now perhaps we don't usually consider that verse in light of Christmas. But look at it a little closer. For God so loved the world that He gave... His one and only Son. That's, folks, is the very first Christmas gift. That's what Advent is all about. His one and only Son, Jesus. For God so loved the world. That's you and that's me. He he, he loved you and me. Why? Because we deserved it? No. Because we had earned it? No. He gave His one and only Son the first and the greatest Christmas gift, quite honestly, in spite of us. Paul put it this way, Romans 5, verse 8. God put His love on the line for us by giving His Son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to Him. A journey of love. So then, how much does God really love us? Well, follow along in your Bible as I read today's text. Ephesians 3. We're going to pick it up actually in the middle of verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Don't don't miss those words. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. As I see it, God's love through Jesus is four-dimensional. First of all, God's love is wide enough to include everyone. God's love is wide enough to include everyone. Again, John 3 verse 16 tells us, For God so loved the world. That's one and all. That's each and every. That's you and me. There isn't anyone who isn't included in God's love. Psalm 145 verse 17 tells us, The Lord is loving toward all those He has made. God's love is wide enough to include Everyone, young or old, male or female, rich or poor, black or white, good or bad, lovely or unlovely. As a matter of fact, it was God's love for the unlovely. That often got Jesus in trouble with the religious leaders of that day. I mean, wasn't it? It was the fact that Jesus chose to hang around with tax collectors and prostitutes and the demon-possessed and the poor and other sinners and outcasts of the religious community. He loved them. I mean, think about that cast of characters at the very first Christmas. (laughs) They didn't exactly fit into the most lovable box. 
They were a bewildered, young, poor, humble, engaged couple. A band of smelly shepherds. A group of foreign mystics. I mean, dig a little deeper behind the bathrobes and kid animal costumes of the typical Christmas pageant scene, and I think you get the picture. So where would you have fit into the scene on that Bethlehem night long ago? Or better question, where do you find yourself right now in this season of Advent? No matter where you are on your personal journey, God's love is for you. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John 3 and verse 16, this is how much This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we asked Jesus, how much do you love me? This much? And Jesus says, no, more than that. And we asked Jesus, do you love us this much? And Jesus says, no, I love you more than that. And so we ask Him, well, do you love us this much? And Jesus says, no, I love you much, much more than that. And stretching His arms out on a cross, Jesus said, I love you this much. Folks, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to that cross. It was His love for us. That's how wide God's love is. It includes everyone. It includes you and me. Even though we did not in any way deserve it. Again, the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 3 and verse 1, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I love that word, lavished. God is lavished. Each and every one of us with His love. We are one and all called children of God. That is what we are. Wow. So first, God's love is wide enough to include everyone. Number two, God's love is long enough to be everlasting. God's love is long enough to be everlasting. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, such a wonderful verse. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Isaiah 54 verse 10 puts it this way, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. I love that phrase. Unfailing love. You see... Human love may dry up, but God's love for us is everlasting. It is unfailing. It will last forever and ever and ever. In fact, the psalmist in Psalm 136 repeats the words, His love endures forever. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. 26 times His love endures forever. You think God wanted us to get the point? His love endures forever. God's love for us is patient, persistent, persevering. I mean, isn't it good to know that God never, ever gives up on you? 
No matter what you do, His love will never quit or die. He loves you on your good days and He loves you on your bad days. His love is not conditional to your response. It is unearned, undeserved, and unconditional. Now 1 John 4 verse 8 and also again in verse 16 simply says God is love. He is love. He always, always loves you. He is love. We just need to learn how to accept His unfailing love for us. So second, God's love is long enough to be everlasting. Number three, God's love is high enough to reach everywhere. God's love is high enough to reach everywhere. Psalm 36 verse 5 says, Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Let's read what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8 and verse 39 out loud together. Would you read this with me? Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I mean, quite simply, there is no place we can go where God's love cannot reach. We can never ever be separated from God's love. David summed it up this way in Psalm 139. O Lord, You have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit or stand. When far away, You know my every thought. Every moment, You know where I am. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it. You both precede and follow me. This is too glorious, too wonderful to believe. I can never be lost to Your Spirit. I can never get away from my God. If I go up to heaven... You are there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I try to hide in the darkness, the night becomes light around me, for even darkness cannot hide from God. How precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. Isn't that amazing? Christmas is often about getting together with family and friends. But what happens when Christmas is over and the family and friends are gone? Or for some of us who have lost a loved one this past year, what could possibly fill that void? The fact is, sooner or later, we are separated from those we love. Sometimes it's a matter of distance. Sometimes it's a matter of divorce. Sometimes it's a matter of death. But if we're a Christ follower, we will never be alone because we know that we are loved by God. And nothing, absolutely nothing, can ever separate us from His love. And so third, God's love is high enough to reach Everywhere. Fourth, God's love is deep enough to solve everything. God's love is deep enough to solve everything. David wrote in Psalm 40, verses 11 and 12, My only hope is in your love, for problems far too big for me to solve are piled higher than my head. I mean, can you identify with those verses or what? (laughs) 
So often we seem to be in over our heads. What a blessing it is to know that God's love is not shallow. No matter what problem we might be facing, even if we're in over our heads, God's love is deeper still. Remember the story of Corey and Betsy Ten Boom? They were Christians who during World War II hid Jews in their home to protect them from the Nazis. When they were discovered, they were taken to a concentration camp. And if you know the story, Corey came out of that alive, but Betsy was killed. However, at one point in the book or the movie, The Hiding Place, after they had witnessed one atrocity after another, after another, Corey says to Betsy, this place is the pit of hell. And I'll never forget Betsy's reply. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper. There's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper. Some of us here this morning may have hit bottom. Maybe you've hit bottom financially. Maybe you've hit bottom relationally. Maybe you've hit bottom physically. Maybe you've hit bottom emotionally. Maybe you've hit bottom spiritually. And right now you're thinking, man, I'm about ready to drown in this. So let me ask you, where is God when we hit bottom? Look at Deuteronomy 33 and verse 27. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are His everlasting arms. Don't miss that. Underneath. When we hit bottom, guess who's underneath the bottom? God! (laughs) Wow! Just let go and fall into His everlasting arms of love. Just let Him catch you and support you when you have nowhere else to go. Because He loves you. And He wants to help solve whatever crisis it is that may come your way. 1 John 4, verses 18 and 19. Let's read this out loud together. We need have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. His perfect love for us eliminates all dread. If we are afraid, it shows that we are not fully convinced that He really loves us. I'll just kind of let that sink in for a moment. It's a great couple of verses. Simply put, we do not ever need to fear God. When we understand and are fully convinced of His perfect love for us, we know that we can trust Him no matter what the situation or circumstance. So fourth, God's love is deep enough to solve everything. Well, how much does God love us? Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 is that we will grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Yes, His love is four-dimensional. It's wide enough to include everyone. It's long enough to be everlasting. It's high enough to reach everywhere. And it's deep enough to solve everything. The star. A journey to Christmas. This morning on this second Sunday of Advent, we focused on a journey of love. So how do we follow a star on a journey of love? Well, let me offer two practical applications that you can take home with you 
from today's lesson. First of all, we must receive God's love. We must receive God's love. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Will you receive that Christmas gift personally? Now, I think that may mean different things to different people, depending upon where we are in our own individual journeys. And so, for the unbeliever, if you're here today and you've never embraced Jesus Christ as the forgiver and the leader of your life personally, I would just say to you, God loves you. (laughs) And you need to receive His gift of love today. The end of John 3 and verse 16 is for you that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's your gift. His love, you see, is wide enough to include everyone and that means you. I would pray that if you have not let God love you and receive that gift of His love in Jesus Christ, would you do that today? Please. Please come to me after the service. Let me know that you need to make that commitment. Now I would say for the inactive believer who may be here, the prodigal, God loves you. (laughs) Maybe you've been drifting. Maybe you've really stumbled a lot lately. Maybe you've backslidden and you've fallen away from God. Well then Isaiah 54 verse 7 is for you. God says, with deep love, I will take you back. Don't you love that? With deep love, I will take you back. His love is long enough to be everlasting. He, in fact, never gave up on loving you. And if you find yourself today away from God and you know your relationship with Jesus is not what it could and should be, what are you waiting for? Come home. Just like the story of the prodigal, remember that? Who found himself wallowing in the pig pen and finally came, says it came, he came to his senses and said, I need to return to my father. And so he returns to the father and while he's still on his way home, what's the Bible say? It says the father saw him because he'd been looking for him and he ran to meet his son, not with words of condemnation, but with an embrace of love. And that's exactly how God will take you back if you're willing to come back to Him. Would you do that? And then finally, I would say for the active believer, for the rest of us who are trying our best to walk with God every day, God loves you. And His love is high enough to reach everywhere and deep enough to solve everything. 1 John 4 verse 16 is for us, so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Did you know you can rely on God's love? That's what we need to learn to do in our daily lives. No matter what the circumstance or situation is that we are going through, we can rely on God's love. It is unfailing. It's for us. Every day, it's for us. So wherever you are on your journey, the first lesson we need to learn and apply today is that we must receive God's love. But there's a second lesson. i got to end with this one because I think it's so important. And that is that we must re-give God's love. We must re-give 
God's love. The truth is, we cannot receive God's love and not re-give it. (laughs) That's what the Apostle John wrote. He said, this is how we've come to understand and receive love. Christ sacrificed His life for us. That's why we ought to live sacrificially for others. Let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know Him if you don't love. That's pretty clear. We need to re-give His love. It's not meant to be kept. It's meant to be given away. Always. So I've suggested a couple of things there in your notes. Practical ways that you can re-give God's love at Christmas this year. We've already talked about the angel tree gifts. I won't mention them, but that's a gift of love right there. But the two things I've mentioned there in your notes, first, you can re-give God's love by your love offering to help provide clean water for that one billion people we learned about earlier that don't have clean water like we do. Your gift, no matter how small or big, as God leads you over and above your regular giving, that gift is going to go in its entirety to Nazarene Compassionate Ministries to help provide clean water for someone who desperately needs it. And a second way that you can re-give God's love at this season is for you to invite your family and your friends to be a part of what we're going to do here on Christmas Eve, December the 24th in the morning at 10.45. Right during our regular service, we're going to make that service a special service for you to invite your family and your friends. Let's just pack this place out. I hope we have chair, set chairs up. Let's bring it. It's a special Sunday. We're going to do some special music stuff. We're going to do... Uh, there's Everybody's going to get a candle as they come in. We're going to do a little candle lighting ceremony as a part of the service that day. A special message on peace, God's peace, for us that day. It's a message every one of your family and friends and you and me need to hear. So invite your family and your friends on Christmas Eve. Wherever you are in your journey, the second lesson we need to apply from today's lesson is we must re-give God's love. The star, a journey to Christmas. This morning on this second Sunday of Advent, we focus on our journey of love. Let's receive God's love and then let's re-give God's love as we celebrate Advent, Jesus coming this Christmas. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank You for this reminder of Your love We need that love. A love that never fails. A love that never gives up. That unconditional, undeserving love that You've given us. Shown ever so clearly with the gift of Your Son, Jesus. Who came to be born in this world as one of us. But He really didn't come to be born. He came to die. To take our place, as we sang earlier, amazing love. How can it be that you, my King, would die for me? I pray today that every one of us here today would receive your love. 
And I pray that we would then in turn re-give your love to others. Especially at this Advent season. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.